Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. We are in this season of Advent, and if you are uh, unfamiliar with that, uh, maybe that's not something uh, that has been a part of your story or a part of your experience in terms of church. Uh, it wasn't until I came here, but we focus on the four big themes, hope, peace, joy, and love in that order. And um, uh, we liked candles as a visual cue uh, to remind us of this. And so uh, we have lit the candle of hope. By the way, um, I explained this, Tyler um, got tired of me playing the guessing game as to whether or not the, the thing was going to light or not. So he gave me an electric, look at that sucker. I mean, that's like fancy, isn't it? So allegedly it's going to work when I light this Kindle. Anybody got an over under on this? Okay. Well, if you haven't been here and seen us play the, oh my gosh, is it going to light Kindle game? That's part of the fun of, of uh, this time of year, but we light the candle of hope because, Hey, look at there. It worked. Hey, uh, we, we light the candle of hope. Um, uh, because uh, this is what we talked about from Noah last week. Um, the God of hope steps into our world as it actually is. Like steps into the chaos of our world and of our culture and of our own personal lives. He steps into that world, not the world that we wish it was, not that we, the world that we present online or pretend it is. He steps into the actual world, Noah's actual world, in our actual world. And, and because our, I mean, as messed up as our world is, as crazy as our world can be, because God's willing to step into that world, you and I, we can have hope. And today, uh, we light the candle of peace. Look at that. Man. We're all fancy around here now. Uh, we light the candle of peace. A, a, a reminder to ourselves, a visual cue, this candle to remind us that God wants us to experience wholeness. The idea uh, of peace in the Bible, and particularly the Old Testament, it's really, really, um, it's a really strong word. And the sense is, the, the Hebrew word for it is shalom. The sense is, is that things are together like they need to be together. Um, our world phrase, and that's when we don't have peace, but this, this is an integration of things instead of a disintegration. So peace, that's what God brings and offers to us. And today we're going to look at the story of Joseph as a, as a picture of who Jesus is. And the way I want to kind of frame this up, we won't, uh, Joseph, the story takes up 13 chapters um, in the book of Genesis. We won't read all 13, just so you know. But um, the, the way I want to frame this up is kind of a, uh, think about it in terms of a song. Now, um, some of you have written songs before and thank goodness there wasn't social media back then because you didn't post them and they didn't get, uh, you know, stuck forever on the internet. Some of you have written songs or whatever, but basically you get a song, you're like, Hey, I've got a chorus or I've got a verse. And you kind of put some things together, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And that, that's kind of how this thing unfolds. And so this story kind of unfolds in that same way, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a verse, and then we'll, we'll get to the bridge. And, and, and that's, that's where we're going today. So Joseph in Joseph's story, if you're not familiar um, Abraham was chosen by God to be a blessing to the world. Abraham had a son. His name was Isaac. Isaac had a couple of sons, one of whom was Jacob. And it was Jacob who uh, had 12 sons uh, by four different women. And um, in doing so, they created the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, Joseph was his favorite son from his favorite wife. 
Somebody down here said, "Uh uh-oh, that's exactly right. I mean, that creates all sorts of weird dynamics at Thanksgiving and Christmas, that's for sure. Uh, But uh, he gave him uh, the multicolored robe, the technicolor dream coat, or however you may remember it. Um, And uh, this is is Joseph, okay? This is Joseph. And so we're going to pick it up here in verse 1. Excuse me. uh, This is verse 1 of Joseph's song, actually in Genesis chapter 37, verse... um, Uh, Here we go. uh, Verse 12. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are you, uh, are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I'll send you to them. And he said to him, here I am. So he said, go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem and a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, what are you seeking? Well, I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? And the man said, they've gone away, for I've heard them say, let, the, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Verse 18, so we'll pause here. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Aren't you glad you came to church today? I mean, that's a good, that's a good place to pause. Why in the world would his brothers kill him? Well, the very first part of Genesis chapter 37 is Joseph, the favored one, clearly the favored one, having dreams where his brothers all bow down to him. Now, I'm a middle kid. I'm a peacemaker. Um, I have a little brother. Some of you have little siblings. If they rolled up on you at Thanksgiving dinner, it was like, hey, man, I had the weirdest dream. Dude, you're going to like fall down and worship me. That's going to be awesome. You too might conspire to uh, do something, maybe not quite as drastic as this. But there, there's a certain amount of hubris and, and arrogance that Joseph had. But, but here's what's true, is that Joseph, in this, this kind of verse one of his story, Joseph was sent to his brothers, but was betrayed by them. Sent to them, but betrayed by them. Some of that he brought on himself, again, because of his own arrogance. But here, here's what we find. The favored one, here's the one with the dream coat, right? The, the favored one was doing the father's bidding. The favored one was doing exactly what God, excuse me, exactly what his dad uh, wanted him to. Um, Ultimately, uh, the the way the rest of this verse plays out is that uh, Reuben, his oldest brother, was like, don't kill him. Let's throw him in the pit. And he was going to come back and get him and kind of make some things right. Uh, But they threw him in the pit. And then while Reuben was off, I don't know, doing whatever Reuben was doing, they sold him to a traveling band uh, who was headed to Egypt. So Joseph was then sold uh, into slavery. That, that's where this ends. But, he, but here's, here's the chorus, if you will. Here's the chorus. Just one chapter over in chapter 39, verse 2. Uh, let's start in verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. But listen, don't miss this. And the Lord was with Joseph. There's the chorus. That, that's the refrain. That's the part that we're singing a lot in this particular song. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. He became a successful man. He was in his house of the Egypt, in the Egyptian master. So the refrain was, uh, God was with him. Now, here's the thing. In Joseph's particular case, his circumstances turned. The Lord was with him and his circumstances turned. But that's not true for everyone. In fact, we'll see here in just a minute. That's not even true for Joseph over and over and over again. There there were moments where he was betrayed again, forgotten again. Um, Things didn't go his way uh, again. It's not true for everyone. So here's the question. Do you have a God? Do you have a God big enough, good enough, if you will, and powerful enough? The God that you know, is he good enough and is he powerful enough to give you peace amid betrayal? Some of you know 
deeply, distinctly what that feels like. Do you have a God good enough and powerful enough to give you peace amid betrayal? Just pastorally, pastorally. Who or what reminds you of that? I was talking with someone uh, before the first service, and uh, they were telling me about something that unfolded uh, in, their, in their life. And uh, here's what he said. He said, but you know what? We were there in our small group, and that, what I figured out, what I, what I realized, that I, there were 15 people in that room who cared about me. They spoke peace to me. Church family, this is not an advertisement, but like this is the reason we talk about circles right here. Like you want to be able to look people in the eye and them speak peace to you as your life is coming unwound, as as your world is turned upside down. Like you want sitting in a row, this is good, but sitting in a circle where you can see people eye to eye and have people speak peace to you. That's that's good. God was with him. God was with him. He sold into Potiphar's house. Becomes uh, the, the servant of servants. And, and the Bible says that nothing was even, uh, Potiphar didn't much care about anything, but um, he just let Joseph run the thing. And so verse two comes along. After the, the first verse and the, the first course, verse two comes along. Look down in chapter 39, uh, verse 11. But one day uh, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there uh, in that house, she caught him, that's Potiphar's wife, She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, fled and got out of the house, she called to the men and said to them, see, he's brought us to Hebrew um, to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And as, as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. And then she laid up his garment, uh, by her until the master came home. And she told him the same story, this Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us, came in to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and I cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of his house. So verse 2 goes like this. Joseph was a servant in the house who uh, was falsely accused. A servant uh, who was falsely accused. Um, he, he was, verse 11, he was faithfully carrying out his work. Um, and it's good to faithfully carry out your work. You, you have... Uh, less distraction, less opportunity to do dumb things when you're faithfully carrying out your work. And we don't have to go looking for trouble because trouble comes and finds us. It did uh, Joseph there and he fled temptation. And what happened at the end uh, of this particular section uh, of the verse was that he uh, finds himself in prison. Potiphar comes home. He is very angry, very upset with the whole situation. And instead of killing him, which he could have done, uh, he ends up putting him uh, in prison. He was sentenced to prison. So Joseph, the servant, trying to do what was right, trying to be faithful in that. But he was tempted and falsely accused, finds himself in prison. But don't miss this. At the end of chapter 39, look at verse 21. Here's our chorus. You ready? But the Lord was with Joseph, even in prison. Sold into slavery, the Lord was with him. Finding himself in prison, the Lord was with him. Showed him steadfast love, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison uh, put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. Why? 
because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. The the refrain, again, the chorus, again, God was with him. Joseph focused on being faithful to God, and as a result, he was rewarded uh, for that. He was still in prison, but doing as God said, and then God kept continued to have his hand on him and continued to entrust him with things. So here, here's, here's the question. Do, do you have, when we talked about verse 1, we talked about do you have a God good enough and powerful enough to give you peace amid betrayal? This question is do you have a God good enough and powerful enough to give you peace um, in the midst of injustice? Some of you have been wronged or you see wrong and you feel like the, the fabric is fraying. It is disintegrating. God, can you give me peace um, in the midst of that? Here's the reality, I think, is that the place um, where we are most often reminded that God is with us, it's not the recliner or the sofa. I mean, I sit down in my recliner in my living room, and I'm like... Sometime this afternoon, I'll probably sit down on the recliner in my living room and just, Sunday afternoon is what they're made for, right? That's, that's not the place where we are most often reminded, most often reminded that God is with us. The place that we're most often reminded that God is with us is the uncomfortable place. It's the, the challenging place. And folks, when we encounter God and we're reminded that he's with us in the uncomfortable place, in a challenging place, we're also, um, that is the place that we often experience the kind of supernatural peace that we're talking about. A sense that my world is falling apart, but somehow God is holding me together. God was with him. This third verse of Joseph's song Skip over to chapter 45. So there's a famine in the land. Joseph has helped Egypt prepare for it. Joseph's brothers end up coming down to Egypt uh, to get food. And there's some interaction there in, in the um, uh, 41, 42, 43, 44. In those chapters in Genesis, there's some interaction there. And in, in chapter 45 is where we see uh, this third verse of Joseph's song um, unfold. So verse four, we'll start there. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. 20 years ago, this happened 20 years ago. And verse five, now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Don't miss this for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. There are yet five years in which uh, we will, there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you, or excuse me, pre- preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all of his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry, go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down, uh, come to me and do not 
Terry. The third verse of Joseph's song goes something like this. Salvation was his mission. Somewhere along the way, in, in the midst of all of the things that Joseph was able to see and understand, in the midst of God being with him and him experiencing the steadfast love of God, no matter the circumstances and the peace that comes with being in right relationship with God, somewhere in the midst of that, he, it flipped for him. It changed for him. It, 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 uh, the, the switch went and he went, hold up a minute. Hold on a second. I don't think it was my brothers who sent me here. I think I'm here for a much, much larger reason. God sent me here. Salvation is, salvation is my mission. Did his dream come true? Absolutely. They came and bowed down before him. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But let me just say this before we, ultimately, Joseph was exalted over the most, uh, the most powerful nation on the earth at the time. He, he was exalted over earthly powers because he was number two in charge in Egypt. Man, just Pharaoh was above him. So he was like exalted over all of this. And in fact, in, in some ways he says, look, um, it, it, I'm like a father even to Pharaoh. Like I, I got it here. Like this, everything else is kind of underneath my feet here. I have been exalted over these earthly power. Salvation is my message, is my mission. And look what God has done. Look at the place he has set me in. And the early expressions of this were ultimately culminated in this fulfilled promise. God, Joseph kind of saw this stuff building, saw this stuff building, and then uh, his brothers bowed before him, and then he was able to lift them up. They bowed, and he lifted them up. Don't, don't worry. So, this, this is the, st- the song. This is the third verse. Not many songs today have third verses. This is the th- So I did a little research this week, uh, kind of a poll, snapshot poll. I sent it to some people I know who are musicians, and I'm like, dude, what's a song with the bridge that everybody looks forward to? You know the bridge of a song is like the transition, you know? Like, what's the song with the bridge everybody looks forward to? And people sent me back some other stuff, and some of it I knew, some of it I didn't. Some of it I was like... No, I mean a song that people actually know and like. You know what I mean? Like not some B-side fourth cut thing. Like, I mean, give me, you know, one of them though absolutely killed it. I just thought this is exactly right. They said, oh, that's easy. Hey Jude by the Beatles. Yeah, a couple of you are nodding out there. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, hey Jude, if you're not familiar, because we actually had a couple in the first service who were not uh, familiar with hey Jude, uh, you know, Paul McCartney doesn't uh, want you to be sad and, you know, make room, let him into your heart and all this kind of stuff. But the truth is, is that nobody jams to Hey Jude because, you know, don't be sad um, to let, let him into the heart. Everybody jams to Hey Jude because they want what? Na, 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 come on, come on. Na, 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 na. Come on, everybody sing. Na, 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 Hey Jude. I love that. Good for you. Everybody's like, Sir Paul, thank you so much for the piano solo and the nice verses that come before. But truth is, we want to na-na-na. I mean, like, get out of the way, Sir Paul. Let's na-na-na together. And in fact, there are entire videos on YouTube of crowds, of uh, concerts where people are covering it, um, uh, like flash mob things in the park where they get out of the way and at some point, na-na-na happens, right? Because everybody's looking forward to that particular bridge. In that song, that's the key takeaway right there. Not uniquely lyrically satisfying, but na, 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 hey Jude. I mean, that's where we are. And in Joseph's song, 
The other stuff is fantastic. It's good. But everybody's looking forward to this bridge right here. Here we go. You ready? Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Here's what it says. Jacob, the father, has died. We'll start in verse 19. His brothers come to him. He's like, uh, hey, you know, dad, uh, before he died, said, please don't kill the boys. Verse 19, chapter 50, verse 19. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God, but God, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. The bridge is what was meant for evil, God meant for good. Like that, that's the big, that's the na-na-na right there. That's the part that everybody wants to sing. That's the God, we read it earlier in Romans chapter 8, that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his, that's the thing that we want um, to sing. That is Joseph's song. And so do you have a God? I mean, this is the kind of good, powerful God that we have that can take something terrible in Joseph's life and enduring it for 20 years, take it and still turn it to use it for good. That is the God who is. And so this is like our experience of peace comes in the kind of sovereignty of God, in the kind of rule and reign of God who can take something bad, who can take something that seems like it's never going to end and ultimately and finally turn it for good. What was meant for evil God meant for good. Nah, nah, nah. That our peace is rooted in, is sourced from the well of God's sovereignty. So that's Joseph's song. Sent but betrayed, but God was with him. A servant who was tempted and falsely accused, but God was with him. Salvation was his mission, and what was meant for evil, God meant for good. And the reason why we're doing this at Christmas, because this is a lot like Joseph's song, is a lot like Jesus' song. I just put these five bullets up here so you could see them all at once. If you're a, you want to grab your phone and take a picture, that's fine. Jesus also was sent to his brothers, but betrayed. In John chapter 1, listen to Listen to how John describes that. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Sent to his brothers, but betrayed. Tempted and falsely accused. And salvation was his mission. Continuing on in verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Salvation was his mission. And the chorus is not that God was with him. He was God with us. That's Christmas. He was God with us. 
And the injustice that was perpetrated there at the cross, the most innocent one who had ever lived experienced the most heinous betrayal and took on the most grievous injustice there at the cross. But God, what was meant for evil, God meant for good. And Jesus himself was exalted over all earthly powers. So we're going to come to communion and remember that. He was sent to his own, but his own did not receive him, but to those who did for, for us. He gave us the right to become children of God.